The views and opinions expressed in Cold and Missing are exclusively those of the hosts. All parties mentioned are considered innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Cold and Missing also contains adult themes and languages and is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Cold and Missing. I'm your host, Allie McLaughlin Solkowski. Welcome back, everyone. I am your co-host, Eli Solkowski. He's back this week. And we are Cold and Missing. We are Cold and Missing, where we cover cold cases and unresolved missing person cases. Uh, What do you have for us this week? Well, for episode 28, I have for us a cold case. All right, let's get to it. Let's do it. So today we are covering the cold case of Keisha Murray, and this takes place in Jacksonville, Florida, in July of 2013. But first, a little bit about Keisha. Keisha is 34 years old in July of 2013. She was born August 16, 1978, and she would have been 44 years old today. She's a mother of five who family described as the life of the party and an excellent cook. Keisha was always smiling. Her sister Erica says, quote, She had a great sense of humor, always said the goofiest things. You could always get a smile on your face thanks to her, end quote. Keisha had been living with a schizophrenic diagnosis for 15 years. In the beginning, she had struggled to accept her diagnosis, and this led into some minor run-ins with police. But according to her family, she had gotten her life back on track, and her life was headed in a positive direction. Her family did say Keisha was too trusting. She had fallen into the wrong crowd, which also contributed to her run-ins with police. Her sister Erica said, quote, She was always too trusting. She always thought that anybody who smiled at her meant they wanted to be friends, end quote. So now we are going to get into the timeline. And unfortunately, at this time, we don't know anything about the events that led up to Keisha's body being discovered. I will say that in all of the interviews that the family has given over the years, they have never mentioned her missing that day or in the days leading up to July 7th, 2013. So it doesn't mean that Keisha wasn't missing, but no one has mentioned it at this time. So here's what we do know about July 7th, 2013. At around four in the afternoon, Keisha's body is found propped up against a tree in the Russ Laud Memorial Cemetery in Jacksonville. Her body was in plain sight, and according to reports, she was just inside the entrance, sitting propped up against the tree in a yellow floral dress. Police are called, and it's unclear by whom, and police quickly rule the case as a homicide. Now, there hasn't been a lot of media coverage on this, as I previously mentioned, and police have released very few details. I actually reached out to the Jacksonville Sheriff Police Department asking for a statement. And as of recording this episode, they have not gotten back to me. But if they do get back to me, I will record an update on that. Police do reveal some of the following pieces of information, though. Investigators believe that she was murdered elsewhere before being placed in the cemetery. Investigators believe the body was placed not long before she was found, but police say they have no idea how she ended up at the cemetery. 
They also conclude that after her murder, she was likely bathed and then put in the yellow dress. Police never reveal her cause of death or autopsy results, but based on how quickly they report her body as being bathed after her murder, that leads me to believe that there was an absence of blood that should have been there. And I don't want to speculate too much on the cause of death because, again, we don't know for sure. But because it was so quickly reported that she was bathed after her death, that just leads me to believe that there wouldn't have been time at that point to like do DNA you know, testing on her body and realize that there's no trace of anything. So I think that would lead me to believe that the quickest way they could realize that was just an absence of blood that should have been there. Her family does view the bath as a last act of compassion by the killer, but the family is devastated by the loss of Keisha. Her mother says, quote, unbearable. I'm heartbroken. She was my baby. She meant the world to me. It's not going to be the same without her, end quote. And I don't know Keisha's mother's name. She was so frightened after her daughter's murder that somebody was going to be coming after her or her daughters and other family members that she asked to remain anonymous in all of the interviews she gave. Keisha's mother will really be swallowed by her grief, according to the family. On Saturday, July 20th, 2013, Keisha's funeral is held at the New Bethel Missionary Baptist Church. And then the case really goes cold. We don't hear about Keisha's death again until January of 2015. So that's one and a half years later. An organization called Mad Dads organizes a walk in Jacksonville. MAD DAD stands for Men Against Destruction, Defending Against Drugs, and Social Disorder. This walk in January of 2015 was wanting to bring awareness to unsolved murders and hoping to end the code of silence that can dominate a neighborhood. Keisha's murder is one of the cases that the group highlights with the hope of generating tips. In March of 2018, so this is almost five years since Keisha's murder, Keisha's daughter, Rakisha Murray, sits down with a local news outlet to talk about the struggle she faced after her mother's death. Rakisha was 15 years old when her mother was murdered, and by 16, she was on her own and homeless. Rakisha was able to get help from an organization called Daniel's Kids which helped her get back into school, and in 2018, Rakisha was studying to become a social worker. When talking about her mother, she says, quote, She was one of the most loving people in my life, and I lost that. My little sisters, they don't really remember her much, so it doesn't really affect them at all. My brother, he took it really hard. My older sister, she has her own method of coping with it. She's not a very emotional person, end quote. In February of 2019, so this is about five and a half years, Keisha's sister, Julia, is interviewed, and there have been no updates and no movement on the case. And at this time, Julia is actually pursuing a career in law enforcement with the hope that she can get some answers in her sister's murder. The family does reveal that two friends from Keisha's circle of friends were also murdered in the months after Keisha's death. I tried to look into this, but without knowing more information about where it was or what their names were, I couldn't find 
anything that verified this and police have never confirmed it and media have never been able to confirm it. So I I don't know, but the family says this did happen and I tend to believe family in this. So it does seem like there is a link with other murders in the Jacksonville area. Julia says, quote, I've exhausted all avenues, but I'm still hoping for the day my family can finally face the murderer in court. We may not ever find closure, but we could at least find justice, end quote. So if you know anything about the murder of Keisha Murray, you are encouraged to call the Jacksonville Sheriff at 904-630-0500, or you can call the First Coast Crime Stoppers at 866-845-8477. And the sources for today's podcast come from Uncovered.com, WJXT, The Times Union, Action News Jax, First Coast News, and Project Cold Case. Okay, so that's the story of Keisha Murray, the cold case of Keisha Murray. Wow. Um, my first reaction was that it sounds um, almost fictional, particularly surrounding the uh, description of how the body was, um, I guess, cared for or how it was handled mm-hmm. post-mortem <clears throat> or maybe, I don't know, that's my assumption, that it's post-mortem. I mean. Yeah, that does seem to be what was reported is that the bathing and the dressing of the body all happened after her yeah, death. Yeah, I, I was very, um, upon hearing that, I... My, I was fright, frightened. Yes. And later hearing that the mother remained anonymous, I, I thought that makes sense to me because that would terrify me, mm-hmm. that detail more than the murder itself. Yeah. When I found this case and was reading about it, I like audibly like – was like, oh my god! Out loud. I actually think I heard you the other day. Yeah. When I was in another room in the in the house, I heard yeah. you, but I assumed it was about this, so I didn't come ask if you were okay. Yeah, I just the yeah that detail is to me really scary, and it does seem like fictional, like something out of a horror movie. Yeah, and even. The brazenness of dropping the body in the middle of the day on a Saturday, mm-hmm. broad daylight, in a yellow dress. You took the time to, like, prop her body up against a tree. Mm-hmm. And from all reports, you could see her as you were driving by. There's only one entrance to this cemetery that um, I was able to, like, you know, look at maps and things. And, you know, there are trees just right inside the entrance. And I, I couldn't believe the brazenness of this. And it, it seems like the work of a serial killer almost, you know, like somebody who's yeah, like, this like, is my the, signature. Um, the, like the baby doll murders or something. You yeah. know, that's what it, um, and granted, you and I have consumed a lot of both like fictional crime, thriller, mm-hmm. mystery, and true crime. So um, I think we're more likely to fill in the details with this kind of stuff. Whereas, you know, the family said that, or they were maybe holding on to 
perhaps it was an act of care, you know? Yeah. I could see how a family would maybe hold on to that thought for hope or whatever. You need to survive through such a traumatic thing happening to you. Yeah. And, you know, at the same time, it's like, yeah, I can see that. Like, maybe this person immediately had remorse and was trying to, you know, make it look like she was not dead. Yeah. You know, like... My reaction, though, was like, this is the act of a deranged person. Yes. That that was my first knee-jerk reaction, too. But... Perhaps deranged isn't the greatest word to use here. I just mean someone who's not... Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and I, I was shocked at the lack of media coverage on this. Yes. With the specificity of that detail, mm-hmm. that, that, that we didn't know about this, and it's in Jacksonville. Like, um, I know you don't watch the show, and I do, but... Dexter takes place in Florida. Oh, okay. And this is, like, it's the show I immediately thought of. Oh, interesting. Because there are details like that on, on the show. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, Florida, um, the best way I can say it is a wild state. So oh, yeah. So wild things happen there. And, like, you know, this is, and I'm not talking about her death lightly at all, but it is wild like it's a wild thing yeah i'm and it's it's wild that it didn't receive national attention for this bizarre act this like bizarre Bizarre, yeah post-mortem act of course we don't know you know we can theorize here all day about the motivation behind that but we won't know until people are brought to justice and Mm -hmm. can kind of provide those answers to the family i'm glad you brought attention to it because i think um you know, our our listeners and the people who engage with our Instagram are pretty good about sharing the name again. So even if there's mm-hmm. just a blip of her name back out there again, because I'm I'm gonna start looking like what happened? Yeah, and I mean truly there's not a lot out there. Yeah. There there's not I think we might be one of the first podcasts covering it. I couldn't find any podcast episodes about it. There's a couple short youtube videos that like kind of cover the case Mm. um maybe one of the listeners out there will you know know someone or know someone who knows someone and we can get some more talk or uh conversation going around about it yeah and again if if you know anything about keisha murray's death in jacksonville florida you are encouraged to call the jacksonville sheriff at 904-630-0500 or you can call the First Coast Crime Stoppers at 866-845-8477. I wanted to take another moment to highlight um, what you spoke about earlier, um, her daughter using the resource Daniel's Kids. Mm-hmm. That is really cool that that, that resource exists. Yeah, and I looked them up they're still an active organization they've actually been around since like 1860 something or 1880 something like a awesome. very long time um started I'll, out i'll yeah. expand in the graphics on our instagram with like more information about mm-hmm. that place and also um mad dads mad dads mad, yeah. mad dads i think both of those um things that you talk 
about deserve uh, more information, like, about them on the Instagram. Yeah, of course. We'll include information about Mad Dads and about Daniel's kids. So if you're interested in learning more about them or donating to their causes, they're both active organizations operating in Jacksonville. Um, and I believe Mad Dads is all over the United States as well. Um, cool. With, like organizations. But yeah, that'll be on our Instagram. If you're not following us there, we really encourage you to follow us. We post a lot of pictures. We'll be posting pictures of Keisha here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. While you're in your podcast app, another way if you are enjoying these stories and you want more people to hear about them is to leave a review if you're an Apple podcast or a rate of five stars if you're somewhere else. That's really helpful. Or just telling your friends. We've had a lot of just by word of mouth, mm-hmm. pe- our listeners telling other people and them finding us. So thank you so much for telling your friends, family, loved ones, coworkers about our podcast. And we encourage you to keep sharing it. Because the more people that hear it, eventually someone's going to hear it that knows somebody, that knows something. And that's always the goal here at Cold and Missing is to um, get these names back out there. Get these names out here and get answers for family, whatever that looks like for them. Justice. We want for our missing yeah, people, closure, we want them to come peace. home. Yeah. yeah. We want our missing to come home. We want our cold cases solved. And I think this quote by the sister of saying like, we might never have closure, but we can find justice. Mm-hmm. And I'm paraphrasing here, but I think that's that's really summarizes this podcast as well. Like closure is indescribable in grief. Yes. But justice is something concrete and tangible that can be given to these families. Mm-hmm. And that's something we want to do. So just by being here and listening, you're a part of it. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate it. and. That's all I have for you. So have a good week and stay safe, y'all. Stay safe, y'all.